So I know that I often cough and like clear my throat and stuff while we're recording because we do this first thing in the morning. So I apologize for that. But yesterday mm-hmm. I was welding and Megan walked into the shop, not where I was welding, but around the corner. I knew she was there and she said, hi. And I went, I lifted my mask to say hi and I inhaled something or oh. something. And instead of a sound coming out, I just like my throat collapsed and I coughed so hard that now I feel like I have like a tear in my oh, throat. Oh boy! Something. Oh, you must have inhaled some welding smoke and it kind of itched Maybe. up your throat. I don't know what it was, but Ooh. man, it was bad for a couple of minutes, and then I just kind of couldn't shake this, you know, like uh, I don't know. It feels mm. like a tear or something. <laughs> anyway, so I apologize for my voice and any other coughing. I will try to mute. Has Jimmy muted and coughed? That was very, very smooth. <laughs> You're talking about coughing. It's, it's like uh, I'm having psychosomatic response. Mm, like a yawn. Um, also, I wanted to, to point out something before we get started. Hi, everybody. Um, whoa, I dropped my headphone. Last week, we talked about, um, you know, like, don't... Well, I don't even remember. How, what did you say, Jimmy? You said something. That was our title. Uh, oh, I don't remember. It was like, I don't know. It was a good title. I don't even remember waking up this morning. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I forgot the three-word title that is on the tip of my tongue. But it was basically like, don't hold back. That's what it was. Don't hold back. Oh, right, because you were talking about yes, censoring yourself. Yes. And we got uh, mm. several messages, and I saw comments and stuff in, in our video this week. <clears throat> and people were really, um, really supportive and really... Mm-hmm encouraged all of us to not hold back for anything about tools about ideas and just to do the thing that is interesting to us and I thought it was really really cool I didn't actually hear anybody (laughs) I don't know that you would but I didn't hear anybody go no I think you should hold back a little bit because all I have is a you know it it was great people were like uh, I got a really nice message from a guy named Mathis last night so Mathis I will respond to you because it was very kind but um he was basically saying he never never did anything, never made anything, never watched YouTube, never listened to podcasts. Then he stumbled across one of our videos when he um, got his first house and had to fix something. And then kind of like a lot of people say, they fell down the rabbit hole yeah. of our videos and no instructions and then got to making it and then got to everybody else's videos. And now he is a he, – he said, I believe the quote was, watching all of you guys unlocked my creative – like the part the creative part of me that I didn't know existed and I was That's like great. oh man that is cool. cool that is so cool but he was encouraging us to not hold back because when he started watching whatever it was he was watching he had no tools and now he has some tools you know he moved from A to B and eventually will move to B to C and you know people's skills and tools will grow with them and it was encouraging it was really cool so thank you for all those it was very nice yeah all right, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Well, I'll tell you Just something. I, uh, you remind me of <clears throat> I had a, a friend, a new friend, and I, I met, I'm becoming more social in town, and I'm meeting people that moved up here recently, people that have been around but hiding. I'm getting to know a little a little bit more of the creative people around here. And uh, my new friend Dan, and I was showing him around the other day, and we were in my machine shop, and he's like, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe how many tools you have. I was like, no, 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 this is this is the appetizer. Because <laughs> he went from the driveway, because I was feeding the chicken, so he saw me and he walked over to the machine shop. And he knew I had tools, and he doesn't really watch YouTube. He's not a YouTube guy. 
but he's a he's a retired creative and he makes cigar boxes and restores motorcycles and so he's like wow this is a great shop this is really and i'm like no 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 no, wait wait so then i show him the new barn and then we go into my other shop with the boat builds and all the other stuff and and it's funny i i something it holds a mirror up to me watching somebody else's reaction to all this stuff and you know how many tools and hobbies and skills i've acquired and it's really i owe it all to youtube and the fan base because if it wasn't for me trying to not hold back I wouldn't have all these things. You, you understand? It's mm. the next video. I can't just do another clip key. I can't just do another bench that's made out of scrap wood. I had to keep, and, and I'm not saying, you know, like, like I look at Colin Furs and I see he's nuts. You know, I'm like, I'm like very, very minuscule compared to someone like Colin. But when it comes to like my hobby and my interests and my curiosity, <clears throat> it's grown and grown and grown. And, and I'm, kind of pulling in the reins a little bit like i pass on a lot of things that are offered to me for free uh you know oh do you want this crazy old machine i don't know what to do i'm like you know what i mean i'm kind of i'm on a diet i jokingly say i'm on a i'm on a machine diet unless that really certain special thing comes through i'm on a machine diet and rob rojas is helping me get rid of some stuff that that's become redundant and some things that we don't use at all but in general it's uh the idea of don't hold back and the idea of the beginning of the curiosity I mean, I started as a little kid, but I went into hyper mode once we got on YouTube. So it's uh, it's it's funny to show a complete stranger my world, and then I realize how crazy I probably look to them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, though. That the 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 people that watch us and listen to us enable us to move forward, to try new things, to gather new skills faster than. A lot of other people have the ability to, or have the the luxury to, you know what I mean? Like somebody who's who's having to work a job to make ends meet doesn't necessarily have the luxury of, I want to try this this week, and I want to do something totally new. They, you know, most people rely on the things that they're good at to move ahead, and so we're definitely blessed in, uh, you know, by the people that watch us and stuff by giving us the opportunity to to grow. I think that's really awesome. Sometimes I wonder if I have an unhealthy obsession with learning new things. I think I subscribe <laughs> to all of the tutorial websites, Masterclass, Lynda.com. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on some other ones, but there's <clears throat> there's a couple more. And that's my that's what I do at night is I just watch these videos and I, I don't I don't even know if I'm learning things. I just like watching skilled people talk about their craft. Definitely. Cool. Well, what's going on? What's new with you guys? We are in the middle of this lava lamp project. I got a an ordinary lava lamp that I want to turn into like this wood sculpture type thing. And we started it and the the only part of the lava lamp that is visible is, is the glass psychedelic part and wood is wrapping around the rest of it. And so it's been a fun, interesting project. We're not working with any kind of plans. We're just kind of going with the flow and and uh, just seeing what happens. And in the middle of it yesterday, we were... Uh, I, sometimes when you're shooting videos, you don't shoot the intro the very first thing. You kind of shoot it later on. 
and I kind of wanted to get into the zone of working and have my voice warm warm up before shooting the intro first thing at 9 a.m. So in the middle of the or towards the end of the day, we're getting ready and I have to cut the metal base of the lava lamp. I'm like, oh yeah, we need to shoot the intro uh, while the lava lamp is still whole. And But the lava lamp hadn't been on for a little bit and it takes like two to three hours for it to like warm up and do its thing. Oh, so I'm like, well, oh. I'll just speed up the process and take a torch to the bottom and oh, no. heat up the oh, wax. No. That was working. The wax was melting pretty fast and then it exploded. Oh. all over the bench and daniel was he was getting ready to record he had the camera lined up he had his finger on the button it exploded and then he hit the button so he got the tail end of the water and wax just going everywhere and me cursing uh so that's the intro now and it's gonna be <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we, it was it was so hilarious that it was impossible to be mad um, cause it was just, it was ridiculous. The glass feels really thick and I'm like, this, it's, it's going to be fine. Are you able and, to get a new one? Yeah, we went to, so we cleaned up, we went to Target where I got the lamp and oh, okay. so it's new. the shelf it's not, was, it's not an antique. the shelf was empty. Oh. And so we're like, oh, we're, maybe there's a head shop or something. And then it's like, head Spencer's shop. at the mall. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So finally, we, a use for Spencer's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, Spencer's at the mall. They had lava lamps. Uh, I hate going to the mall. I just, I felt like I had to take a shower when I got home. Oh, the um, you know, the, now both of those people that work at Spencer's are like, we had a customer yesterday. Oh, okay. isn't it crazy? <laughs> For the first time, the, and he bought a lava is. lamp. <laughs> oh, yeah, and well, we're filming there, and you know, I got my camera. And well, so here's the thing: like, it turned into a whole deal where we went to Spencer's. They had three different sizes. I couldn't remember which size that I had, so I had to come back home and see what that I had. Then we went back to Spencer's, and so they're probably wondering, like, who are these? old dudes at, at Spencer's <laughs> old dudes. and I'm, I'm filming the shelf. And then after I buy the lamp, I film the outside of the, of the store. Yeah. We were, we were the weird YouTubers for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> well, so we're in the middle of that. It's, it's, it's nowhere near done. It may not be done before the weekend. So I might not have a video this weekend. Hmm. Yeah. I skipped last weekend. Uh, just there's a lot going on and I just wasn't ready. I, I might have a video this weekend. Um, but in the meantime, I, I've been filming all these attributes for a project I'm doing for Bullet Bourbon, and I will have to be done by tomorrow evening, so I will have enough footage to put together a full video. They wanted me to make a, sort of a furniture set out of, out of scrap, because the theme of this party is recycle and reuse, so I made a bar out of uh, the leftover wood. I've been showing some of it on Instagram from my, my front porch and old doors that were from the house. And I showed that last night on Instagram. And so whenever I've replaced any antique or vintage doors in the house, I always save them because I'm an idiot. So I have like a library stack of doors. So I have about 10 doors, maybe more, uh, leaning up inside the, uh, the, fork, the, the, the loading dock at my shop. And so they're all leaning on the wall. So I just kind of went through them and picked a few doors and turn two of them into tables and then one of them will be the bar top and then uh, me and rob rojas went to a, a local junkyard here and i got the floorboard out of a out of a international harvester scout this c- 
cutest, coolest little scout that is destroyed beyond repair. It's such a shame. And we tried to pull the hood off. We couldn't get the hood off because we didn't have any tools with us. We were too far into the junkyard. This place is 40 acres. So we walked considerably Whoa. far in before. And then I was like, before we walk back and go and get tools from the truck, let's just see if there's anything on this car we could just walk away with. And Rob lifted up something, and all of a sudden we had the whole floorboard in the back seat. It was like a per it looked like a tailgate. We were able to pull it completely out, and so I got that, and we cut the logo. I cut the logo for Bullet Bourbon out of that. So I'm, I'm I might be able to whip that up into a video if they're okay with me making the video out of that. So that might be this weekend's video. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you might hear some noise in the background, and also on Instagram. You've seen I'm having the entire plumbing system for the heating system all revamped. And Mo from Mo's Plumbing and Heating or Turn Up the Comfort on Instagram. He's uh, If anybody has any house stuff, Mo's on Instagram. And it's funny, this community is just amazing. It's like it's so many relationships that so many positive, fun, creative, learning relationships have come out of this, of course. And when Kyle was here five years ago, we had one rainy day he couldn't work and so that evening he said let's just do like a fan meetup at the shop and so we did a fan meetup one horribly rainy night in uh, October of 2017 and several people came that I remained friends with and one of them was Mo. Mo was here and when I got to putting the heat in the floor of that building I called up Mo and Mo did that and we discussed plans of revamping the plumbing heating system in the house. And so you guys might remember or recall me collecting radiators, radiators. Bob, how do you say it? Radiator. Radiator. I'll say whatever, because whatever you say is probably right. Whatever I say, I'm sure is wrong. Radiator. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I can't say it. Everyone giggles at me. I'm like, am I saying, is it not even what it is? Radiator? You're from New York. You can say whatever you want to, and people just go, ah, it's from New York. <laughs> so I got I got a bunch of radiators, and later on, me well, right now, they're just initially just making a, a, a crazy manifold on the wall. Because the plumbing down there is just all haphazard. It's all cut out now. It's, and I'm doing a video on it. I'm doing kind of a documentary style start, uh, following. And uh, so we don't have heat. It's 20 degrees out right now. There's no heat. Oh. The pellet stove is being supplemental, keeping some of the heat going. But we don't have hot water. And the water is on intermittently, on and off. But we will make it through this. This is that just a terrible. very minor setback. It's not a big deal. And I have a question. The water heater. Yeah, go um, so with this plumbing stuff, is it like as you're watching them do what they do, is this a situation of I'm glad that they're doing work so that I don't have to, or are you learning stuff that you don't know? I have absolutely. I'm going to tell you right now, I have absolutely no idea what they're doing. They might as well be surgeons <laughs> telling me how the circulatory system works around the heart as it <laughs> pertains to the lungs and the brain, because I have no idea. Like Mo keeps trying to explain it to me, and I just, I just at this point, I just go, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, 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 okay. And he's like this and that. And Mo's very technical, and he he's very 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 knowledgeable. He it's unbelievable how complicated it looks down there. Hmm. It's crazy. And I'm like, don't you guys want to know what the, like the loops and the you know what what goes and comes back? He's like, now we'll figure that out later. And then just this morning before we started, I walked around with Mo and, and his number one guy, and we walked around the house. And so and this is where there was a radiator. It got cut out, and there was another radiator here, and it got cut out, and there was one over there. And he's like looking at it. He's like, okay, okay. And like you could tell he's calculating in his head. They don't seem to be worried about it at all. After we're hmm. done, we're going to go down to the shop where I have all the radiators stored, and we're going to look and do a calculation as far as what the BTUs should be. This is what Mo said to me. <laughs> he said... 
He goes, when you go to buy the radiators, he goes, take a ruler with you. Take this chart. And he sent me a chart from a manual from like 1900. He goes, use this chart. It tells you how many BTUs, how many ribs there are in the, in the radiator and the length, width, and height of it. And you count the ribs. He goes, and then you'll know. I go, Mo, I'll just buy everything he has. <laughs> you come and we decide which one's the right one. Because he didn't want me to. Oh, we need six. I bought 15. So, <laughs> of course, out of the 15 I bought from like four different people. So, out of the 15 I bought, I'm sure the ones we need are there. I'm not going to sit there with the because these things are like junk. If they're not being in, <clears throat> they're not in a house, they're basically just junk. And I could imagine me being there with some plumber who has a surplus of these because he's always modding up houses. And, uh, and he's sitting there, and I'm there with a ruler and a calculator. He'd just be like rolling his eyes. So, I was like, oh, give me a price for all six of them or all eight of them. And that's what I did. So that's how I ended up with several. And then the very last one I bought was that really cool one I showed on Instagram a few months ago. It has a warming oven. So it's a, it's a radiator, like a vintage style radiator, but it has doors on it. You open it up and that's where you put like the Thanksgiving pies oh, in preparation. Cool. So we're going to put that in the dining room. Now you have a good reason to make pies. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. So I'm learning as much as I could possibly take in, but it is so complicated the systems and then all the modern attributes that are associated with plumbing and heating you know it's just it's a type of systems that are constantly being upgraded and innovated on and uh yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy what i don't know and what i just am not absorbing and then besides that that's fun and then uh, i got on my peloton i've been on my peloton every single day since the sixth and it's been exciting and fun and i'm really looking forward to like squeezing in 30 minute ride every day hmm. it's great i've been having a lot of fun with that so that's uh that's a nice new feeling and it's definitely a much more higher impact than me just walking around for a few hours you know you really the highs and the lows and i'm getting into the uh the trainers that they do it's it's a great system it's really fun i've been listening to people talk about it for the last three or four years and now finally i'm into it so it's cool it's like a whole weird little culture yeah, and yeah, uh, fun. a lot of people it's are fun. really into it. They like really get a lot out of it. So yeah, no, it's it's been it's been just like I said. I'm only at it for six days now, but it's 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 tremendous. It's it's going to be a big a big lifestyle improvement. I, I needed it. You know, I needed yeah. it. I'm not getting any younger or any skinnier. So. <laughs> cool. That's good. Um, let's see. For me. We have been, I've been working on, well, so we put out the toast video last vi last week. I was curious about if we could toast an image onto a piece of bread. And Oh, I saw that on Instagram. That's cool. <laughs> um, and it's funny because it I, going into it, it was like, this is silly. This is, you know, I just am curious what it would take to do this. Uh, knowing that it would not perform well, knowing that, it may have a bunch of terrible comments about how stupid I am and everything, but it was, it was a fun, you know, it was intentionally dumb. It was intentionally like, Hey, let's just play around and see what we do. And man, did it, did it perform exactly as I expected? It was oh, terrible, <laughs> which is okay. That's what I expected. I knew that going into it, but it got me thinking about something. I was going to ask you guys about this. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, so there is for a little YouTube inside baseball, when you, there's a website, and I can't remember the name of it, but there's a website that does this, but also I know that this is a thing that companies do when they look to sponsor someone. They look at the previous five videos, 
and they look at the performance of the previous five, and that's kind of they build a score about you know how many views you get or you know retention or whatever the I don't know all the metrics they look at, but they look at the previous five, and that usually ends up being a pretty good average of kind of how your videos do in general. What is and when website? I looked, I'm not familiar with this. Um, I'll have to try to find the name. Before I knew there was a website that did this, I knew that it was a thing that sponsors do. It's a way they kind of value the, you know, they're trying to figure out how much they're going to pay you, and they kind of value your audience that way. So when you have, with that in mind, if you have a video that does a third of the views of the previous four videos, what do you do? Like, do you just leave it, deal with it, let it change the average? Do you unlist that video? You know, once it, it's done its initial spike, it's done its initial views, do you unlist it until it becomes number six in the list and then you put it back up? I don't know. I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, I guess you could make a strategy around that. If something performs badly, you don't have to, like, delete it, but you also you don't just, have to leave it there, you know? You, you just, could, like, turn the volume down on it and then turn yeah. it back up later. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about this five-video rule. Huh. I didn't know anything about that. I had no idea. I just can't believe sponsors keep coming back. I'm like, all right. Okay. I'm going to do an insurance ad at the end of the month. I'm like, all right, this might be the last video I ever make. Why not? I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I didn't know. Well, anyway, that's just something I've been throwing around the last couple of days. Not not in like a a pouty, the video didn't do well, I'm going to turn it off kind of thing. But like, you know, I wonder if it would actually help, help future stuff to to look back and cuz we've been we've been coming back the week after videos and we've been like kind of I don't know what the word is like after action report on them kind of thing you know like okay analysis yeah. like so what did we do right what did we do wrong what can we change whatever and talking about this this one last week I'm like I mean it wasn't it was fun it wasn't to accomplish anything nobody's going to miss it so what if we just turned it off until it's number 6 in the list and we turn it back on, and then if somebody runs across it in the future and they have fun, great. <laughs> if not, I, you know, no loss. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's something we we're kind of throwing around. I don't know. If Does you... that mean we all have to turn off our guitar videos? <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's, if it's within the last five videos. Yes. Yeah, probably still is. It's, it's hanging in there. Yeah. Where's my guitar video at? I haven't noticed. I haven't looked. <laughs> Did uh, you guys bid on your own guitars? No. I put one. I put one in for mine. Yeah. 103 for me. I'm at 103,000 views. I bad. put in quite a few on mine. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I did I did buy the wood and the materials to make my own. So I have mm. all that here. I'm just waiting for the bridge to show up. So I'm basically going to make the same guitar. I liked it so much that I oh. I wanted to make another one. And it won't, I don't think it's going to be a video. I'm just going to just going to make it. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know you know exactly how the video would do. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know to that. not make another guitar. In the video. Did you guys exactly. break a hundred thousand views? Because I just did. I realized mine's at a hundred and three thousand, which I didn't expect. Uh, I I normally it. don't break a hundred thousand views. I wouldn't yeah. think that I did. Nope, mine's at eighty-three. Wow. So I anyway, <clears throat> anyway, that's that's a just a, a thing I was thinking about with the toast video and underperforming videos in general. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's worth temporarily removing them, but. It um, might be. I mean, it might, yeah. it might be. Just like, just turn it down, turn it back up later, or 
re-release it with a funny voiceover or something? I don't know. Hmm. What I personally would do is if you take it down and then you put it back up when it's, you know, down the list on number six, maybe make a new thumbnail for it. So to encourage YouTube to try to try to find a new audience for it. Bob, I mean, if you I see a thumbnail doesn't have any toast burnt on it, you should take that thumbnail and just show like the most successful one or even just Photoshop one. We did actually. That's the thumbnail that's there is the the changed one. Yeah. Then do one with Jesus. Did you do one with Jesus Christ on your post? <laughs> I, I did not. I okay, did not. do that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just one of those things that like people. There's we are so overloaded with opportunity to watch things yeah. that mm-hmm. you know people are just going to skip things that they're not a hundred percent interested in. I mean, I do. At the very moment. You know, they may be interested in something later on, of course. But, yeah, yeah I do the same thing. I think everybody does. So You should get get an image the of the Shroud of Turin and just Photoshop it onto the toast. <laughs> just say, look at my toast and just change the name of it. And then just have that. Change <laughs> the name of like, toast. you know, just say, get out the word art. Just say, look at my toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. That might be clickbait. It's okay. Look at my toast. He's not clicking any claims. When you open up the video, Bob's like, I'm going to try and make art with toast. Yeah. Anyway, so we we were just talking about that. Um, and We're going on our, our kind of company retreat this next week. So we won't have a new show next week. But, um, you know, one of the things that we've got kind of on the docket to talk about, to brainstorm, is what we do in situations like that. Do we just let it be and move on? Do we try to you know, be strategic about it? Um, so You know what? I can give you just a two-second thing. Like I've never really given it too much thought, but I have actually thought about it, where I look at my – it's fun for me to look at my series of videos. And it's, and it's, it's almost like – if you think of my – if trying to create a metaphor, if you think of like my creative ups and downs as like a mountain range – underwater right that's my creative ups and downs is a mountain range under the ocean and the mountain peaks that stick up out of the ocean become my youtube videos right think of that as a metaphor so when i look quickly down my list of videos in a chronological order those are all my creative tips that have stuck out of the water for the world to see everything in between i could remember what made me think of this led to that what like the timeline of what everything else was going on behind the scenes or under the water so when I do a quick scroll through my last <clears throat> year's worth of videos, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, oh wow, I did that. Oh, I did that. Oh, oh, I did that. Oof. I did that. <laughs> you know, so it's fun for me to just leave it as almost like an Instagram feed. Yeah. Which I don't I don't tailor too much. I don't curate that much. I mean it's a little it's a little inconvenient when a close friend of yours wants to collaborate on a post and all of a sudden you're like oh, I don't want to collaborate on this post. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to collaborate on this post. So and then you then that's the one thing that doesn't get one heart or one comment because it's like oh he collaborated on a post from somebody that I don't know. So you know I I look at my whole timeline of YouTube as like a chronological historical record of my creative process. So mm-hmm. if I do do a crummy video my gut instinct is to be like meh just move forward. 
don't don't yeah. don't worry about it. You know, like I don't. I never even actually considered taking anything down for that reason that you discussed because I didn't know that. But now you're going to make me nervous. I'm going to go delete every other <laughs> <Sorry>. video. <that's laughs> no, I don't care. I'm only kidding. But I did not know that process, and that and that was a formulaic thing that they did. I just know that when they look and they're like, oh wow, in 2017 this guy he was hot, and now he's diminished <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah. so I did a series of five videos for a sponsor. I can't mention the name and. Uh, I'm glad I got the, the opportunity because they paid a ridiculous amount of money. And but these five videos, at, at least a couple of them, this is this has never happened ever before. But I have a negative amount of subscribers from those videos. <laughs> like usually, you put a video out and YouTube tells you you've gained this many subscribers from this video over time. I have a negative amount of subscribers from at least two of those videos because they are so scripted, they are so out of line of what I do. Yeah, uh, and I think people were really turned off by them. And I had to do five videos for this company, and so that's probably why. I haven't gotten any new sponsorships lately because it interferes with my five latest videos. And, you know, I, I'm still grateful for the opportunity because it's leading to other cool things that we're going to do. Um, but I learned a good lesson. I'm not mm -hmm. going to do scripted videos for money. It doesn't, it's good for the short term, but it's not really good for the long term. So yeah, it was a good, it was a good lesson. I'll do like like I got these insurance videos coming up. I'll do and I have to, I think it's just one, but I'll read the script for it. But it's going to be like a little thing, and uh, I'll do the scripted one or nine one to ninety second thing, one minute to ninety second thing, and their logo will be on screen, and the fans know what to do. Yeah, yeah. When they see the logo, they know what to do. <laughs> Go wink, and buy wink. that product. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not fast forward. That's not what he's saying. He's no, saying, no, no. go buy go the product. If you see the logo, yeah. that means go and buy that product. Brand awareness. <clears throat> yeah. You know what to do. Yeah. Um, okay. So this past week. Remember last week I was talking about aluminum welding and how I practiced yeah. aluminum welding. And I was practicing TIG, specifically on aluminum, on very small pieces of aluminum. And not doing great, but making progress. And then I went to do, to like jump into making this big aluminum table. I don't think I told you what the project was or what I was planning to do with it, but I'm not going to tell the project yet. But basically, <clears throat> a sheet of quarter inch aluminum that's about 30 inches square with some other big pieces of aluminum on it that needed to be welded together. Now, if you know anything about aluminum, you know that it just like sucks up heat. Sucks up heat. And the bigger the piece, the more it sucks. Yeah, when you say I quarter inch, that's going to be in tough a, to, to dig. Yeah. And so my learning and my tests on the small pieces did not translate. And so I tried I tried with a TIG, and then I tried preheating all the metal, which helps kind of pre-fill it with heat, and then tried that. And it was like bare, I was barely getting taxed to hold the thing together, but I was not going to be able to get a good weld. So then, and this is on a timeline, this is for a big project that is something I'm excited about and pays really well and is not going to have the scripted aspect. So it's kind of a perfect mix of stuff and I want to do it well. I mean, I want it to work. So I tried the TIG thing and then was like, you know what, maybe there's, maybe there's just another way that I should learn how to do this. So I started looking at spool guns. <laughs> so for the MIG, 
and I'm just so much more comfortable with the MIG welder. And so I am in a hurry, and so I was like looking at what's the fastest I can get a spool gun here that works with my welder. And so I found this brand that's like not a Lincoln. It's like works with Lincoln welders or whatever. You know, so I ordered this spool gun. It still takes over the weekend to get here. It shows up. I get all the pieces. I go down, plug it in, and pull the trigger, and the motor in the gun runs backwards. So the wire is feeding away from the metal instead of toward the metal. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, that's probably easy to fix. So I open up this brand new gun. There's two plugs on the on the motor. I swap the motor. It changes the direction of the motor. Cool. Good to go. So take this gun down yesterday morning i'm like can i ask you a dumb dumb question sure like maybe not i was gonna say did you feed the wire over the top of the spool or under the bottom of the spool no it's under the bottom but the the motor with the wheel the groove on it the push yeah it was spinning the wrong direction okay never mind um so i go down yesterday morning before anthony gets here to shoot and i'm like all right i gotta figure this thing out i gotta you know so I start messing with this thing, and it's barely working, but not penetrating. And so it's just melting aluminum. Apparently, this is a thing. It's melting the aluminum wire to the tip of the of the gun, like, every time. And so I go through the three tips very quickly. I mean, it just ruins the tip, and, it, like, they get so hot that they bend and stuff. It was, it was bad. Then I realized that the electrode that you plug into the welder is not actually going in all the way and it's not getting locked because it's an off brand and so it doesn't fit in the hole correctly. Oh, so boy. I'm like I'm like in a rush. So I <laughs> I grab the Dremel and I cut out the plastic on the front of the Lincoln welder to make a hole big enough for this thing oh, to wow. go in there, which is just it's the plastic shroud. It was not a big deal, but still. So I finally get this thing plugged in, locked down with the nut on the inside. I realize that I'm using a mixed gas instead of argon, but I have argon with the TIG welder, so I'm, like, swapping hoses. I get, I'm checking the pressure. You're fast becoming a professional welder. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, like, I'm finding all these things going, oh, well, it must be this. Oh, it must be this. Oh, it must be this. And I do all of these things. Still does not work. Like, I'm finally getting it to weld. I'm not burning the tip, but it's not going to look like I want it to look. And I have so much of it to do, and you're and so lay, you're trying to lay dimes. Yeah. No, I'm trying to get, get it wells. to penetrate. <laughs> like, I don't care what it looks like, really. But so basically, I, I did that all morning yesterday. We were supposed to finish this whole thing yesterday. And at about 11 o'clock yesterday morning, I'm like, all right, we're going steel. Just, you know, I got it. This part, instead of this big table thing being aluminum, it's got to be steel. So then I scrambled to figure out what thickness. Obviously, I can't do quarter-inch steel. It would be way too heavy for the application. So I'm like, what thickness is going to give me what I need but not be too heavy? Cool thing is I called our local steel yard, which we've talked about many times on here, and they are just so awesome. Like, I called them, told them I need a piece this size, I need three pieces this size. They're like, cool, drive out here and we'll have them for you. And I drive out there and pay for them. It was 50 bucks for a bunch of steel. I walked into the the warehouse and the dude didn't even like he knew it was me and just walked over and handed it to me and I was out of there in no time. I had everything I need. And by two o'clock I had the entire thing welded up and <laughs> like solid, it looks good, it's yeah. reinforced everywhere. I put a piece on 
the Wazer and cut a logo out and got it, you know, it, like it's done. And it was so irritating because I think falling back was irritating. You know, like I wanted to do something new. I wanted to get better at a thing. And I could, but the time constraint just wouldn't allow me to to spend the time on that. So I was really happy with the result, but I was frustrated with the fact that I didn't get to like try and get better at something. And um, so anyway, I got that thing done yesterday. It's in paint and, and the, we're going to finish up the video today. And then last night I sat down uh, at the TV and was looking through YouTube for the first time in quite a while. And remember last week, I think it was last week, I talked about a channel, uh, Justin Voss, this guy that I ran across. He did a video, and this was quite a while ago, but of welding, for the first time, welding aluminum with a MIG gun, but not a spool gun, just through a normal, you know, wire feed thing. And he had no experience with it, and in in this video, he went from not being able to get anything, had running into all the same problems I ran into, to getting, like, dimes laid down. Wow. It was really cool. I mean, did you, it, did you, were you able to discover what maybe you weren't doing correctly? Yeah, I think it was a combination. He said that the big thing for him was preheating the metal. So I do think one of the big problems with mine was that I was working with such big pieces that I couldn't preheat it fully, you know, or enough or whatever. He also um, played with the volume of gas that was coming out quite a bit and adjusted that. He played with the voltage, and I think by preheating it, he didn't have to take the voltage as high, which meant that the wire was not melting on the tip. So it was a combination of things, you know, yeah. but he had to get to that understanding by experimenting for however long he did it, and he cut it down into a video. It was very, very helpful. So again, I want to recommend that guy to go watch him because hmm. he was exploring something the same way that I explore other stuff, like toast, but he actually ended up with a, okay, here's what I figured out. This was helpful. I went from zero to 50 instead of zero to a hundred. I went from zero to 50 and now I can, I can accomplish the next thing with this new piece of information. Yeah. So I think it's important. It's really important if you're going to learn a new technology to really give yourself the time yeah. away from, you know, I mean, this is for YouTubers, but it's also for everybody away from the camera. You really need to, that's why I, I, I told you guys this, I told everybody, if I, there's something that I have to do three or four times in YouTube, I'll do the first two off camera just so I can get better at it, understand it, and then go back and say like, okay, you know, you, you always go to school on the first few. And yeah. and uh, I think sometimes it's, it's more important to know that you're going to do that project, Bob, and give yourself like a month ahead of time preparation. Spend like a full Sunday afternoon figuring that out instead of the week of because that's when yeah. you, it, it also you know the stress and and the anxiety just comes through everywhere if you can go into something with all your your battles settled yeah it gives you more gives you more of a creative relaxation most of the things that we do and that we learn it's usually just following directions whether it's like woodworking you know you mm. just you just have to know to cut this line uh uh, 3D printing, you just have to know how to do this and, and, and whatever. And, but there are a few things that is, it's almost, it's like a, um, it's, it's like being an athlete that you have to learn, like cutting dovetails. <laughs> it sounds like welding aluminum, which I've never tried. And that's probably why it's more frustrating 
is because usually you just follow directions and you have success. And then this is one of those things like you actually have to physically do and learn. Yeah. You have to invest in the practice, which yeah, cutting a line with on a saw, you don't, it's just, you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the frustrating thing for me was not that I couldn't do the thing. It's that I didn't get to learn something new. Mm. You know, I had to step aside from like, all right, the time constraint just doesn't, it doesn't Uh, require a little you know what I mean? So it was like, well, I can either get it done and have it right, or I can learn (laughs) and have it wrong. Yeah. And that was a little weird. One thing you shouldn't do is abandon this altogether because it wasn't useful. And you're like, I don't need, I'm not, my back's not to the wall. You should take the time to then get into it because then... No longer will it be just for the one video you wanted to do. Once you master it or you feel comfortable with it, you'll be like, oh, I can do this and that and that. So it'll, yeah. it'll branch into several more, more opportunities as opposed to you just looking at it for that one project being, that didn't work. And yeah. now you, you put it on the shelf. You know, it's important to, to, to get into it without any obligation, without a deadline, you know, with just experimentation. Because yeah. then the creative forces will unlock. Yeah, I think this, the stakes made it i think that's what made it difficult so yeah. yeah a sunday afternoon where there are no stakes i'm using yeah. scrap i have no timeline yeah like you've already the, you've already been yeah. fairly educated you just need to unlock the, the the other few things yeah yeah that's interesting i have a spool gun that i that I, i've been it's been sitting there kind of glaring at me we used it when we had the welding classes which was in 2019 haven't used it since but the welder's sitting there set up and i do want to get to it I mean, from watching other people use it, I guess once you get it set up and you can, you know, get all of your variables right, your settings to the material, it looks like it works really well and is easy to do. But I think it's just a matter of finding all of the combination of all of the numbers, <laughs> you know, and all of the stuff for the particular setting. But so this is kind of like we were talking about a, a topic for today. And what what was the topic specifically, David? It was from a tweet from uh, Matt Hankins. He says, is there a skill that you don't possess but that you would like to possess and that when you see someone else do it, you think that is magic? Welding aluminum. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean... I've been talking for a long time, so I'll let you guys jump in here. Do you have anything? Well, it, TIG welding is definitely something that I've. Uh, I'm. I'm about. I'm, I'm just before halfway there as far as my. I understand the science, and I can make a good weld that'll be strong. But I can't make a good weld that'll look good and be strong. And there's a, a YouTuber or an Instagrammer. I don't know if she has YouTube, but <clears throat> the Arc Welding Angel. Let me make sure I have her name right before we finish the show, but. She is an incredible welder. She's good looking and she is unbelievably skilled at what she's doing. And when I watch her weld, I think to myself, I need to learn how to get that rhythm. The rhythm is really the important thing is getting that rhythm. I get that rhythm a few millimeters at a time, but I can't keep it safe for like three or five inches. And that's the most important aspect to making it look good is this developing that rhythm and that confidence and that hand control and when i see people do that it's like one day i'll get there and i just don't practice enough and bob talking today about aluminum makes me want to practice more and mm. whether it's with the aluminum gun or whether it's with the just the tig welding in general when you brought this up a couple of weeks ago it was right on I, I actually scribbled it on my side pad 
weld aluminum more, get more into it. And it's because I'm watching Archangel do such beautiful welds. And uh, it's, it's, it's obtainable. It's obtainable. It's, it's, not, it's not out of the realm of, of being doable. But I just need to practice more. And it's just one of those things. You just got to be disciplined and you got to take an afternoon and say, I'm not going to do anything except run 30, 40 inches worth of welds and start to develop a rhythm. And I've never welded that much at one time to start to develop a rhythm with yeah. TIG. With MIG, I'm, I'm pretty good. I've welded quite a bit with MIG, and I'm definitely getting better, and I'm understanding how to lay down something that looks better. And it's it's all in the rhythm. But it's a lot easier when it's wire-fed, and you, all you have to do is just kind of tense your upper body and move your wrists. But with, with TIG, there's that rhythm of touching, welding, touching, welding, you know, it's very it's 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 not easy it's not easy it is not you're right for me that magic skill is is sketching and drawing so lately we've been working without plans and so i'm trying to show daniel what i have in my head and i'll sketch it out for him and then in this latest project, I wanted to show the audience on video what I was thinking. And so I was trying to sketch that out. And as I'm doing these sketches, I'm like, these are so bad. This is not what is in my head. And when I see other people who can just draw and, and write and sketch, to me, that is absolute magic. And that's not something that I don't, it's not something that you can just learn in an afternoon. That's, it's like, it's like piano lessons you got to do it every day and i just need to set aside the time if this if i want to get it good at it i just gotta set aside time every day and, and do it uh, i just wanted to also talk about pottery and i talked about it a couple weeks ago and a and a fan james smith james thank you very much introduced me to his parents and i went and visited his parents this week who live about 25 miles from me I had a wonderful time with them. They're such great people, and they're potters. They've been doing pottery for 30 years. And his dad, David, showed me all around the shop, and his mom was there. And they're amazing potters. They both have their own styles. They have wheels on either side of the room. And he showed me how he fires stuff. And so that's unlocking a little bit more of the mystery to me. Just These people are really close. I said I always need somebody to be like my, my mentor in pottery. And James sent me a message and said, reach out to my mom and dad. And uh, we went and visited, me and Rob went and visited, and I, I wasn't, I didn't want to immediately just start bombarding them with video and camera and Instagram stories. I wanted to get to know them first. That's why I didn't do too much on that. But I talked to David, and he's going to teach me how to throw on the, on the wheel, big stuff, and I'm going to spend some time with him. And I said, I'm going to, if it's okay with them, I was going to videotape the whole process, and he's up for it. So I just need to schedule time. So that's that's another thing I keep talking about, and just wanted to say thank you to James. It's, it's great. It's a great community. So I'll show you guys more about that as I get into it. Yeah, awesome. And it, um, in, in my ahead. case, I just want one more thing. I think programs like Fusion 360 make me a worse sketcher, worse drawer, because I'm so used to like just drawing everything up in Fusion 360 and then when it comes time to actually if I'm not using that and on paper it just looks like total crap. I understand what I'm seeing when I sketch something on paper but I don't think other people would. So to the audience is there a good uh, daily lesson uh, that you would suggest that I, I look at? Is there is there a teacher? Where, sh where should I go? 
Um, I found I found somebody that sketches really well. It's a product designer, and I, I would never in a million years remember that name, but I followed him because somebody posted about him. And when it shows up again, Dave, I'll forward you that. Is it that, Michael that's what DiTullo? I, I have no idea what the name is. It's okay. just somebody with a pen and a pad, and it just shows up-close sketches of... If you told me their name 15 times, I wouldn't remember. <laughs> okay. Because I didn't... That's I'm so visual... Even people yeah. that I know, I'm like, I don't even know what the handle is. I don't even know how to spell their name, so I wouldn't even know. I have to wait. So I do this often with close friends. I'm like, I have the best Instagrammer, but I can't, I don't remember what their name is. I have to wait till they pop on my feed, then I'll forward it to you. So it's the same thing. But this person just does product design, and it's a woman, and she's just up close videos of her product development while she's drawing, mm. and she has a great pen and ink style. It's really sexy. And her stylistic drawings, kind of like in the era of Mad Men. So it's, and I think it's just her style. It's really beautiful. Like it's like a 50s, 60s looking fancy stuff. It's great. So I don't know if this is, if this is what you mean by sketching, but I know in art school, I learned a lot about perspective. And even before that, my grandfather was a painter and he would draw stuff all the time. And perspective was one of the things he really pushed into us. Um, as far as like, well, let's draw something and he'd be like, yeah, your perspective's wrong. What does that mean? Well, mm. <clears throat> when you're drawing, when you're trying to sketch a piece of furniture or something, making it semi three dimensional makes it a lot easier to, for your other people's brains to get the spatial thing of it. And so learning how to mimic a two point perspective can make a really big difference in that. And so, uh, it would be too much for me to probably try to explain one, two, and three-point perspective right here. But two-point perspective, you basically take a piece of paper, you draw two li uh, a line across the center, and then two points on that line. Now, if you were to put a piece of furniture on that piece of paper at an angle to where you're looking directly at a corner of it, you take that corner and then you draw, like, just imagine that it's there. It's not there yet. You draw a line from those two points on that line to where they meet on the corner. That is two-point perspective. You have a vanishing point in two directions. Mm -hmm. And so then as you move above and below that line that runs across the paper, you end up with angles. Those, those two lines become different angles like this, right? And so that's how you will really easily make a, a, a 3D-looking object by giving it two-point perspective. So that might be a place to start. Yeah. Is learning how to just draw boxes. What is three point perspective? I'm not sure what the hell that is. Like it is I could never do it. So go ahead, David. Uh I I I just holding up this is uh the sketch of the lava lamp. Like in the inside here is where this lava lamp is gonna live, but the outside is gonna be this wooden box and it's gonna have four sides and this is what I was trying to draw for Daniel to understand what I was doing so he could help out with any ideas along the way like this is a hole where the belly of the lamp sticks out and these are holes for the side for light to kind of shine through then I tried to do it on camera for uh, to tell the, the the story and it just looks it looks like a, a five-year-old drew something so <laughs> I um, I don't know if it was the pressure of the camera uh. being on changing things um or just my lack of not knowing how to do it properly so yeah i mean probably a combination i would yeah imagine. yeah so three point to answer your question jimmy three point perspective you have the two across the two points on the line and then you put a third point above or below that line 
And so if you were to have like an isometric view of a 3D object that has that kind of wide angle look, that's because there's a third point that then you're drawing all of the vertical lines off of that third point of perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can send you a picture of it if mm-hmm. you want to see what I'm talking about. But what is four point perspective? Is that <laughs> I don't. I guess that could be a thing. I don't know. I never learned about it if it was. But what about five? I'm sure it's probably a thing. I don't know. But Dave, you held up those quick sketches. I can give you just a two second pointer. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're, and again, I'm just looking at a little tiny screen here. Your line weight seems a little tense. You need to like loosen, draw from your shoulder, not quite from your wrist. That's what my, my teacher always told okay. me. My teacher always told me, you know, like when I do a quick sketch, a lot of times I'm working kind of from my forearm, but a lot of times my elbow isn't touching the table. And you have more of a looser form if your elbow isn't like resting on the table while you're drawing. Hmm. And, 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 you're obviously a little insecure about it, so you kind of that insecurity of you like pulling the pencil into your chest. I'm not saying I saw you do this, but your line weight just looks a little tense. And if you kind of just work from your shoulder a little bit more, all right. My teacher a lot of to- people, go ahead, go ahead, Bob, and I'll tell well, you a funny story. A lot of people that I know that are really good at getting an idea on paper, they the first pass is very very light. Light, yeah. And it's flowy, and you almost can't tell what it is, but they do that a whole bunch, and there's a bunch of scratches on the paper, and then they can see the parts that are correct, and they go back and darken those. So you can get the shape that you actually want to get to, not trying to do it in your first pass of a line, mm-hmm. but in, you know, you do a bunch, and then you find the one that works and darken it. So I probably told this story before or heard of it. You guys might have heard this story. There was a, I don't know the Pope who, but he said, go ask if Michael, go, he gave like, somebody the task of going to talk to Michelangelo and say give me a sample of your work so that I know you're good enough to paint the Sistine Chapel or the 16th Chapel as some people like to call it <laughs> and so the the messenger went to Michelangelo and said the Pope wants to see a, a sample of your work my teacher told me this but I always remembered it and she did it for this example and he said give the Pope this and he painted a perfect circle on a thing that he drew from his shoulder Oh, wow. He used his shoulder and his arm as the fulcrum, his arm as the stick that holds the ink. And he painted a perfect circle, tore it off, and handed it to the page and said, bring this to the Pope. That's all he needs. So he painted a perfect circle. He didn't paint a realistic arm or face or the face of God with a white beard. He painted a circle on paper and said, there. That's And the Pope's like, oh, he painted a perfect circle. He must know what he's doing. So... It's a simple little thing, like you don't have to oversell it. But he knew the mechanics to get a perfect circle. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Uh, I'm going to put a couple of links for the perspective stuff in the show notes in case anybody else All right. is interested. Um, we're getting close on time, but I haven't talked about my stuff. So I think for me, um, the thing that seems like magic... <laughs> is kind of what you guys are both talking about. It's like the art side of making stuff. So I, we've talked about this before, but like my my natural inclination is to make things functional. And past that is just, I don't know, it's like a black hole. Like the sexiness, the style? The sexiness, yeah, the, the thing that's past function i can make it simple and clean and you know like you know that 
the, my visual is simple because that's just the aesthetic that works for me. It's the thing that I can easily accomplish. But adding detail, you know, past that is just really, I don't know. It's, I don't know where that comes from. Well, I can and tell I know, you from, from my personal experience, the, the sexiness comes from just constantly observing other sexy shapes. Like this is, I'm holding up a kitchen knife that I bought at the supermarket a few months ago. And it, it's just some, like that little, it's got an integral bolster where the metal becomes part of the handle. Just mm-hmm. simple, sexy things like that. I'm just constantly looking at the shape and like, why is this sexy? And now I'm holding up an Olight flashlight, a little the hat one I wear. Like, why are certain objects sexy to me? Why is the iPhone sexy? Why is, you know, now I'm holding up a DJI GoPro. Why is that sexy? You know, these certain things. Like uh, when a I, what? Uh, DJ, DJI. DJI <laughs> like, GoPro. Uh, like DJI Band-Aid. <laughs> DJI Action 2. <laughs> it's the idea of why are certain things sexy to you? Like, what, like what yeah. draws you into... You know, in your world, it's it's uh, you know just superficially, it's it's Star Wars and all the sexiness about all that, and you know, you, what is it that sucks you in and then spits back out in your work? And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect. Sometimes you're not conscious of bringing more of that work, more of that inspiration into your work. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, just be like even like when like for instance, I'm looking at this little knife here, and the way that that little grind is at the end of the blade until then the bolster becomes a handle. It's like, I look at that and I go, that's really sexy. How can I at least emulate that for something similar that I want to do? It might not be a knife handle. It might not be, but you know, those little details I'm constantly observing. And, and it's, it's not like I'm consciously doing that so that I could bring it to my work. It's just what I'm attracted to. Right. And then like, I'll see that. I'll be like, you know, it's just, it's like looking at an attractive person. You know, if you're attracted to somebody, whether man or woman, you're like, whoa, that's what I want to look like. And that's the same thing with objects. You go, whoa, that's what I want to bring to my work. Yeah. Just got to be a little yeah. bit. Just got to be more like up front, the front part of your brain with that. I feel like I have a decent eye for what looks good and, and maybe it's sure. just my preference. You know, I, I feel like I have a good eye for what looks good and I can tell when things are right or wrong, but the generation of those things you know, maybe it's hard for me to take what you're saying and tr- like translate the things that I see to things that I would do. I just don't have a one for one for um, in- like including those things yeah. into design. Like we're um, <clears throat> we're working on something, and I needed some. And it's also it's also that I'm surrounded by people that are really good at it. And so you so feel a little insecure? In I feel life. insecure about it, but I also know that I can lean on them to give me something better than I could do. Yeah. I can ask Forby for like a design for a logo or for an image or a t-shirt or whatever. His worst day will be better than my best day. I know that because I trust his abilities. He's mm-hmm. proven that over the many, many years that I've known him and worked with him. And so not that I... Not that I like hand off all of my creative work, but it's very easy with the time crunch and with the, to trust somebody. Yeah, else. to just trust somebody else to do the thing you know is going to be good, rather than you struggling to maybe it's, get somewhere close to that visually. Well, you, and this is all about the aesthetic. That's all I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? Well, it's kind of like it's like the AI conundrum. And uh, Dave, I watched mm. your video with the towel thing, where all the a- a- AI you just keep. You give it the parameters, and you added Sam Maloof, and it give it a whole new perspective. So we're all basically that AI. We're we're the we're, we're the uh, yeah, natural we're just... intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're taking in all this 
reference and then we got to spit out our own towel rack that references the five or six things we want to be inspired by and uh yeah, i think hmm. it's important to take in as much interesting fun cool that you can and that's what will help you post out seemingly sexier funnier more interesting attractive designs yeah you know like if you lived but that being said it's also you know part of what the artist what the artist is if you were only exposed to say ice if you lived in the Alaska and you were an Eskimo and you were only exposed to ice all the things you make from ice might look really interesting and sexy to a person who's not interested who, who has never experienced ice not interested is not the right word it not experienced is the right word so it's it's interesting to see when you go to a third world country and you see people making musical instruments out of the garbage because that's all they have at their disposal to take input and then get output you know for that natural intelligence it's magical hmm. so you know the human in between the input and the export it's up to the human to sexy it up one of the things that i do is i set aside time to just take an input going to the antique mall yep you know every five or six weeks and just not buying anything just looking because i like to see all this old stuff and and taking inspiration from it and in a couple weeks we're going to the henry ford design museum and it's just going to be all about looking and and absorbing so i and i i'm on pinterest quite a bit too just looking i'm always taking in uh new new ideas and just putting them in the in the memory banks and i i don't know that any idea that i have is original it's just pulling from all this input that i've been collecting for mm-hmm. many many years yeah and we've talked about that before like i i should immerse myself in new visual stuff more often you know get out of the house and get out of the office and get out of the shop and all that i think it's the implementation of even when i see cool things it's there's a there's a certain magic when I see you all and other people create things that just look really cool from seemingly nowhere. Obviously, we just talked about it. it's not from nowhere, but to see that output happen is pretty magical to me and something that seems pretty foreign, you know. But yeah. <clears throat> like anything, I guess it probably is learnable. Um you know, I, I was kind of mentioning before we started recording that a lot of the stuff that we don't know, the three of us specifically, we don't know how to do. We know that we could. It's learnable. It's just yeah. another mechanic. It's another set of following instructions, like you said. But there's certain things that I don't know. Doesn't, doesn't I, feel that. I've been collecting constant. books on sculptures, metal sculptures, wood sculptures, sculptures in general, and I and I look through them, and I just I don't understand how this idea and a lot of them are abstract but how this idea popped into somebody's head and said i'm going to make this out of this material and it just doesn't it doesn't compute like i can look at that and i can make that i can copy that but how did you think of that and i know it's just from like well you start with this and then you build upon that and it just over time these images probably just show up in your head but it, to me, that is that is magic to see yeah. what's going to be in that marble before they before they carve it. Um, some friends of mine along that same lines. Some friends of mine went and did glass blowing recently, and that's another thing that like, how do you visualize what blown glass is going to look like before you actually do it? 
It's got to just be. You must go into it with a little bit of an idea and then take it where it leads. I guess so. Or maybe you've just messed with it so much that you kind of know how it's going to behave. You know the shapes that are going to come out. Man, what a weird skill. Glass is a deep, 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 deep ocean of know-how. Yeah, that's cool. I'd like to try that one of these days. Cool. Any other thoughts? Anybody on this? I think we got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, let me think. Our Patreon supporters who, like I mentioned before, are awesome. Uh, big thanks to everybody that helps us out, that supports the show. You honestly do make the show happen. We're very, very grateful. Yes, thank uh, you. And we have a top group of people that go above and beyond, and that is Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Rich at Lowen Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Scott Orm, Warren Works, Michael Manage, and Gretchen Hofer, and the Web Ranch Woodworks. I almost had that in one breath. Didn't quite get it. <laughs> <clears throat> Next time I should try to get it in one breath. Um, but there's a bunch of other people, like the new Janky Workshop. It's funny name. <laughs> what a great name. Um, but everybody that supports at any level, uh, even a dollar a show, gets the after show, which is another, you know, another show after this one. And you get that feed through Patreon. That's the only way to get that. So if you want to help us out, you want to get that after show, go to patreon.com slash making it. Join up at whatever level for as long as you want. And we're just grateful to have you. So thank you to all of them. Thank them. Thank you, all of them. You guys got anything to recommend? Uh, I just sent you Arc Welding Angel. She's the young lady that does incredible TIGs. And she's working with Lincoln, as as a matter of fact. I, I wasn't thinking about that earlier. But she's one of Lincoln's sponsors. And she is absolutely skilled. And it would be nice to see more women in the welding trade. There's lots of good welding women. It's it's nice to see that it's growing. I have been on a Sam Maloof kick lately. And I, just because I mentioned it in that video, I was like, I need to relearn some things about Sam Maloof. And I found three different documentaries on YouTube. Uh, let's see. We got um, there. A lot of them are really old. Um, I mean, he passed away in like 2009, I think. So they're all going to be older. But there's one from '89 called Sam Maloof Woodworking Profile. It looked like it was on some TV show at one point. And then there's Sam Maloof Woodworking Genius, a show called Art and Progress. And then there is Sam Maloof My Last Days. So we'll put all three of those videos in the show notes and i just bought the uh sam maloof book the one that he wrote so eventually i gotta find time to sit in and read that so sam maloof i know and because i went on the sam maloof kick and watched all these interviews jimmy's uh rockler video kept showing up i'm like i watched jimmy's so i watched your rocking chair again um (laughs) And um, you did some of the joinery that he did in the in the chair, and it's some really impressive joinery that he uses in in his furniture. So, yeah, yeah, he yeah. had some really interesting stylistic stuff, and I just was copying it. I just wanted to yeah. kind of go through the exercise of of learning how to do it. Awesome. Um, I've got two that are. I don't. Uh, I'm going to put the Justin Voss aluminum video that I was talking about earlier. I think it's a very good video. I like his... I'm going to start watching more of him. I really like his presentation. It's no nonsense, right to it. I also realized that he's like... He works in NASCAR, so he does like machining stuff for 
or not machining, like motor. I don't know. He does stuff with NASCAR. He makes metal stuff. He definitely knows what he's doing. Um, and the other one is <clears throat> totally different. It's a, a video about Tom Cruise doing stunts for the upcoming Mission Impossible movie. And the reason I put this in here is because that's not me coughing. It's David. Are you all right? <laughs> you were talking and coughing. <laughs> um, my coffee. So we're all getting older. <laughs> and the tendency when you get older is to pull back on your physical investment into stuff you know like you you're a little more careful about how you stand up or (laughs) what things you pick up or all that type of stuff and then you watch tom cruise who's like 300 years old i don't know how old he is he's in his 60s maybe i think he's 61 he's the same age as my brother 60 or 61 i talked about it on here where he does that motorcycle stunt where he drives off the cliff it's yeah i said that i'm like wow that's crazy and like yeah we got it one of the six times we got it i'm like yeah it's six times so this is that video i forgot that you mentioned it sorry yeah it's but this is that video about him investing in all of the i mean it's the entire crew it's not just him but the amount of stuff that he invested in to getting that shot. He he drives a motorcycle off of a ramp that's like 50 feet above a chasm in Norway and then base jumps on the way down, opens a chute, and he does that, like you said, six times. But he has to learn how to ride motocross in a specific way. He has to learn... He did, like, some stupid number of jumps out of airplanes. He just hours and hours and hours to where he couldn't mess it up, you know? They had to jump out with cameramen to learn how they would fly together and get the shots they needed on the way down and just all this stuff. And, you know, as somebody who I'm, I'm healthy, but I'm not getting younger. And as watching somebody like that, just go hard on something physical. And then also watching my kids play soccer and granted they're way younger than me, but they're going hard at what they're doing. When they play soccer, they, they run into things. They kick as hard as they can, all this stuff. And it, Last couple of weeks, I'm like, man, I don't have anything like that that I physically go all at. I run, I work that's out, a, but it's not on, like that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. No, 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 it's the not. The amount of time you put into running, but I don't. That's like a I half of one percent of like the. Yes, you do. You do no, 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 no. You don't understand. I could run a lot faster than I run, but I don't because I don't have to. See what I mean? Yeah, but when and you, so anyway, you'll get the bug it, to go it, do a half or a full on. marathon. But even that, like, I could do that slowly. That's My point is, seeing it was inspiring to watch him just, like, I'm going to invest myself into doing something that nobody's ever done as big and as not dangerous. I mean, that's not the goal. But, you know, he's going all in. If you were taking home $25 million as a patron, you'd be like, (laughs) yeah, I think I'll run a little harder today. Sure. If anybody out there wants me to star in a movie and give me a crazy amount of money to do a crazy stunt, I would probably, it'd be fun. I go for it. So I'm just putting that out there. You know, it's all the movie producers that are currently listening to our podcast about making stuff. Um, anyway, it's a really cool video to see just the amount of effort that they put into. But it also kind of, among other things, stirred up a little bit in me of like, man, I, sh- I should really find something that I can I can really go at. You know, I can run through. Maker Impossible. So. <laughs> there you Maker <laughs> Action Movie. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Anyway, that's that. Cool. Jason born to make. Ooh. 
I'm still having a hard time processing your hatred towards Ryan Reynolds. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not a hatred. It's not a hatred. (laughs) It's a... Did he ruin some, like, DC movie for you or something? Oh, no. I don't like DC movies. I don't care about that. Okay. (laughs) I... Man, I don't want to talk bad about somebody I don't know <laughs> okay. at all. That's not fair. Uh, I'm not putting you in the spot. <laughs> so you know when you okay, this is this is after show material. We'll talk about this in the after show. Okay, okay, okay. Ryan Reynolds, that's all right. Because uh, <laughs> I know I'm positive that he's not a patron, so he won't hear the after show. <laughs> I'm absolutely positive. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and and we won't see you next week, but we'll see you the week after that. And uh, take care. Thank you. Love you. In a yawn. <laughs> <laughs>